0: hey this is nate clark and i'm the pastor of oasis church in richmond virginia thank you so much for checking out our podcast our hope is that you're encouraged and challenged by god's word here's today's message good morning oasis church let's try it again good morning oasis church (laughs) are we doing well this morning good you guys sounded great during worship you look good this morning and uh, excited that you're in church if we haven't got a chance to meet yet my name is Pastor Nate and my wife uh, right here uh, Pastor Anna we lead in Pastor Oasis Church together and so if we haven't got a chance to meet you yet uh, we'd love to meet you but we just want to say we're glad you're here and we want to say welcome home we hope that when you come to Oasis you don't just come to a church but you find family and uh, there's there's people here that care about you and uh, love Jesus and want to do life with you and And so that's what we're about here at Oasis Church. If you have your Bible with you this morning, I want you to open it up to the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah, chapter number one. And I'm going to read a few verses for us before we dive in this morning. Nehemiah, chapter number one. I had said a few weeks ago, uh, a little vision of mine for our church is that we would be a church where everybody brings their physical Bibles. You know, call me old school, but let's go old school, right? Like, let's do it. And uh, I, I, I think there's something about having the physical book in your hand. I love hearing the pages turning. And uh, I actually saw an article that says our brain processes information different when we read it on a screen and when we read it on paper. And so I don't know if that's true or not. It was on the Internet. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I think there's just something special about looking at and reading the Word of God. And so Nehemiah chapter number one, I'm going to read. In verse, starting in verse number 3, says this, they said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province and in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. So this is this guy, Nehemiah, he's getting a report about his hometown of Jerusalem. It's been destroyed, It's, it's laying in ruins. He says, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then, I, and, and then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes be opened to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins of the Israelites, including myself and my father's family, we have committed against you father thank you for your word this morning and thank you for the moments that we share together around it and lord i thank you for every single person in here lord i ask that today that you would do what i cannot and that is change our hearts change our lives lord take your word and by your holy spirit would you speak to us today our ears are open our hearts are open to receive what you have for us in jesus name and if you believe it somebody say amen 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 Amen. Amen. Well, today's a big day for us uh, in the life of our young church. Today is our first ever Kingdom Builders Sunday. Come on, somebody. Kingdom Builders Sunday. We've talked about it for the last few weekends. What Kingdom Builders Sunday is, we're going to do it every single year at the end of the year. It's where we take an above and beyond financial offering to accelerate the vision of Oasis in 2020. So Kingdom Builders is not an offering to pay off debt because we don't have any. Kingdom Builders is not an offering for us to keep the lights on and live another day. No, no, no. Kingdom Builders, uh, a lot of it is being given away here locally, nationally, and all over the world to our ministry partners. And then it's helping accelerate the vision of Oasis into twenty. 20- and so it's a big day we're going to be taking that up here at the end of service but the last few weeks around this idea of kingdom builders we've talked about and looked at different kingdom builders in the scripture because how many people in the house today say I want to be a kingdom builder regardless of your age regardless of your background regardless of your personality regardless of your skills and talents regardless of the color of your skin regardless of who you are and where you came from and what your story is here's what I know about followers of Jesus we all want to be Kingdom builders, builders of God's kingdom. That's the one thing that unites us, that's the one thing that brings us together, that's the power, the beautiful thing about the local church, is it's all kinds of people from all walks of life coming together around the same thing, saying we're going to build God's kingdom. And we've looked at examples in the scriptures of people that are just that, kingdom builders. We looked at a person named Esther in the Old Testament last week, and how she was used by God. To be a kingdom builder, to preserve the Jewish people, to preserve the line that Jesus would end up coming through. And so today, I'd like to look at the person in the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a kingdom builder. If you haven't read the book of Nehemiah, your pastor's giving you some more homework this week. You had homework last week and it was to go read Esther. Anybody do your homework? Just wave at me. Come on, somebody. Good. So your homework this week is to read the book of Nehemiah. Does that sound good? Can you do it? Can you pass the test? I hope so. I'm not grading you. So, <laughs> Nehemiah is an incredible story. To give you a little bit of the context on what Nehemiah is, what the story is, the cultural context, it's, it's about a thousand years after the time of Moses and about 400 years before Jesus even comes on the scene. So that's, that's the historical context. 400 years before Jesus is born, we've got Nehemiah. And there's been problems with the Jewish people. And the problem was this. They were overtaken by Babylon. So the northern kingdom... The southern kingdom, Israel and Judah, they were both overtaken, ransacked, destroyed by Babylon. And so because of that, the Jewish people, almost all scholars predict between two and three million people, are scattered. They are exiled all over the place. So you've got Jewish people living as foreigners in all kinds of different lands, under all kinds of different kings, in all kinds of different culture, and there was one that was Nehemiah. Now, it's been 70 years since their city has been ransacked, since Jerusalem has been destroyed and torn down, and in the time of Ezra, some of the Jewish people are allowed to go back home. They're given the open door, they're given the green light, you can return back to your home city, which by the way, was God's chosen nation, God's chosen people, it was the land that God promised Abraham, it was the promised land. So they were given the green light to go back home, but out of 2 to 3 million Jewish people, it was guessed um, in the time of Ezra, only about 50,000 actually went back. So there's not much momentum or excitement. To, and uh, in the time of Esther, what, what they're doing is they're rebuilding the temple. They're rebuilding the house of God in Jerusalem. And, and they do this, and about 15 years after Ezra does that is where Nehemiah comes into the story. And the temple is being rebuilt, and some of the Jewish people are going back to Jerusalem. But there's still some major, major, major problems. A a key significant problem that leads to other problems being that the walls around Jerusalem are torn down and destroyed. The walls lay in ruins. So all the other work that they wanted to do to begin to build the city back up... It was all pointless to a certain extent if the walls were not rebuilt. Even in the time of Ezra when they would build the temple back, they couldn't bring anything of worth or anything of value back into the temple or back into the house of God because if the walls remained down, they would be stolen, they would be ransacked again. If the walls were not rebuilt, they were vulnerable. They always lived paranoid about who would come, who would attack, and they would always be overtaken because they had no protection. There was no wall around their city so the book of nehemiah is a book and a story about this man nehemiah who hears about That's what we just read in those verses he hears about the nature of his city that it lay in ruins that the walls are broken down the walls are torn down and he gets a heart he gets a burden says he begins to weep he begins to cry he gets a burden for jerusalem And this whole book is about this guy, Nehemiah, that goes back to Jerusalem. He gets permission from the king he's under. He gets help from the king he's under. And he leads a charge back to Jerusalem, not just to go back, but to go back and rebuild. He's going to go back, and he's going to rally people around him. He's going to get people around him, and they're going to rebuild the walls In Jerusalem, this is the book of Nehemiah. It's a story of courage. It's a story of faith. It's a story of grit and hard work and determination. It's a story of rebuilding what has been broken. It's a story of redemption, bringing back life to an area that was dead, bringing new breath, new life into something that God had promised but currently laid dead. This is the story of of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah shows us what it means to be a kingdom builder. And so here's what we're going to do today, just like we did for Esther last week. We're going to look at some characteristics of a kingdom builder from the person, from the story of Nehemiah. What does it look like to be a kingdom builder? What are kingdom builders about? What do they do and what do they not do from the story of Nehemiah. The very first one is this. I want all my note takers, all my world changers to write this down. Number one is this Kingdom builders build what is on God's heart. Kingdom builders build what is on God's heart. When he gets the news that the walls are torn down, that the city lay in ruins, the first thing he does, the scriptures say, is he begins to weep. He's got a deep sorrow. We talked about this last week. He's got a burden for something greater than himself. But he doesn't just have a burden. He begins to pray. He begins to ask God for help. And here's the prayer that he prays when he hears about the condition of his city. He says this, Re- Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations, But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even your exiled people at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this, your servant, and the prayer of your servants who you delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man isn't that a powerful prayer so here's what here's what nehemiah does here's here's what he does he he hears about the need he he sees he sees the need he catches the burden and he prays but notice what he prays all right in verses 8 through 11 what we just read notice what nehemiah prays notice what he asked god for he's asking for god to do what he already said he would do. This prayer is essentially reciting. He's actually reciting Old Testament scriptures. There's two different passages he's reciting in this prayer. He's, he's recalling what God had said, and he's praying back to God, reminding God of what he said, telling God to do what he already promised he would do. Nehemiah's prayer, Nehemiah's goal, his, his vision was what God had already said he's saying like lord you, you promised that that if we obeyed you and we were scattered that you'd bring us back together that you would build us into a mighty nation that you would make us a great people he said lord you promised this you said it and i know you're going to accomplish it and i want you to make good on your promise this is it's, it's, it's actually the secret to effective and powerful prayer did you know this It is to pray god's word and pray what god has already promised to say, God, what have you said? What's on your heart? What is your agenda? And to begin to pray to God to say, God, I want you to do what you already said you would do. I remember uh, me and Anna, we, uh, we, we like to go shopping occasionally. And uh, we we were at uh, Forever 21 one time. Anybody ever been there? Some of y'all are like, yeah. Some of y'all are like, no. <laughs> okay, Forever 21. And... Uh, She's, uh, she, she, she's great at finding deals because I'm cheap, okay? So, so she's real good at finding deals. She's always going uh, straight to the back, straight to the clearance. Come on, where are my back row shoppers? Come on, straight to the back. Let's go, yeah. So... So that's us. We go straight back, and and uh, you know she's she she like found the store manager, and 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 you know she's just asking you know, hey like what kind of deal what kind of deals you know she's like working it she's like oh you look so good today you look so good today do you have any deals right like she's she's working it she's doing her thing and uh, and she, she she's in front of the whole shoe section she tells him yeah these shoes are buy one get one she just took a praise break right there and out there yes Lord buy one get one so she comes over and tells me that they're buy one get one and I'm like okay that's fine I don't see any sign I don't see anybody else grabbing two pairs of shoes but if they bar buy one get one you can get one and get the other free like that doesn't mean you get to get two right that's not the point right (laughs) come on husbands where you at like it's not the point that's not what you do so I'm like but if it's not you get you know right whatever so so anyway, <laughs> so she gets home. we're getting in line, and literally, though, I'm skeptical the whole time, because there's no signs, I haven't seen, there's people in line with one pair of shoes from the same rack, I'm like, it's not bad, so I'm like preparing her for the letdown at the at the register, I'm like, hey, just so you know, right, I'm just trying to soften the blow a little bit when, when she doesn't get her free pair, and so, so we get up there, and she's like, no, 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 she, no, she said it, it's good, she said it, she said it, so, so we get up there, we're asking, you know, they scan it, ring it up, Sure enough, it's not, you know, and, uh, and she's like, no, 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 she, she's, she said it, she said it, and she's, you know, they start to ask the other people at the register, no, looking through. they look, no, 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 it's, it's really not, it's really not. She said it, <laughs> uh-huh, she, and there's a whole thing back and forth, we, 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 had to end up going to get the manager to come back, and the manager had goofed, it, it, it was not true, but here's what happened, because the manager was the one with the authority and said it, they had to do it. Here's what Anna was doing the whole time. She was reminding her of what she already said. Hey, that's what you said. It's going to happen. That's what you promised it's going to come to be. Look, here's here's Nehemiah's prayer, and here's the prayer of a kingdom builder. God, this is your word. This is what you have said, and so I'm believing and asking you to do what you said you're going to do. It's reminding God of his word, reminding God to do what he said he would do. You know, you can remind God of his words. Like with parents and kids and stuff, you may find yourself annoyed if your kids are always coming up to you and telling you, Mom, Dad, you said, you said, Mom, Dad, fill in the blank, right? But did you know God as a heavenly father is not annoyed by, our, by his kids reminding him of what he said? He's not bothered by his kids reminding him of what he said. Nehemiah was saying, God, I, I don't want what I want. I want what you want, And this is what you said, and this is what you want. And so a a kingdom builder does not build what they want. They build what God wants. Huge difference. In the story of Nehemiah, he was not just doing something important to him. He was doing something important to God. A kingdom builder does not build their own kingdom or something that's important to them. A kingdom builder builds something that's important to God. What does God care about? What's on God's heart? What has God said? What has God promised? I'm not going to build my own kingdom. I'm building God's kingdom. Are you building your kingdom? Are you building God's kingdom? Do you want what you want or do you want what God wants? Kingdom builders build what's on the heart of God. There's a famous psalm that you guys may have heard. It's uh, Psalm 37, verse number four. It says something like this, delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Anybody heard this before? Heard this one? It's on t-shirts, it's on coffee mugs, it's like on Facebook every day, like delight, delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And here's, here's how people in America were just like, oh, that okay, here's what that means. If I go to church, I'll get the job my heart. The Lord will give me what I want in my heart. Oh, like, oh, if I read my Bible and pray, he'll give me the car. That's the desire of my heart. The Lord, delight in the Lord. He'll give me the desire of my heart. <laughs> you, 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 you guys see this posted on Facebook all the time. Delight in the Lord, desires of my heart. That's not at all what that means. Yeah. He, here's what the psalmist is saying. He's saying, hey, if you delight in the Lord, your heart will no longer desire what you want, but your heart will be changed and transformed. So now your heart wants what God wants. And and if you do that and you want what God wants, then God will give you the desires of your heart because your heart wants His heart. Kingdom builders don't build their own kingdom. They don't go after what they want. They go after what God wants. What is God doing? What is God building? What has God promised my kingdom and God's kingdom are two very different things. Two very different things. Your kingdom and God's kingdom, two very different things. My, my kingdom is a physical kingdom. God's kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. My kingdom only helps me. God's kingdom helps others. My kingdom is temporary by the way, every kingdom in human history, known to mankind, no matter how powerful, no matter how long it lasted, every single kingdom of man is temporary. Textbooks are full of them. And they've got expiration dates. But God's kingdom is eternal. My kingdom is dependent on me. God's kingdom is dependent on God. Look, when you're a kingdom builder, you're building what's on God's heart. Amen. when you do that, you you, you can pray a bold prayer like Nehemiah. You can pray a prayer that says, Lord, bless me. Lord, put your hand on me. Lord, may your favor be on me. Why? Not for me, but for his kingdom. But bless me so that I can do what's on your heart. So that I can do what God wants. A kingdom builder looks back at what God has already said before deciding what they will do moving forward. What has God said? What has God promised? What is God for? What is God love? What's God's heart? Now because of what God said, now I'm going to move forward and build on what God wants. Kingdom builder doesn't just decide what to do, but a kingdom builder jumps on board with what God is already doing. It's not my own thing. It's not my own agenda. It's not your own thing. You say, what is God already doing? Because how many know God is moving? God is moving. God is alive and active. Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to go back to heaven, but I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. I'm going I'm I'm to pour myself out on flesh, and, and people are going to prophesy and dream dreams, and the church is going to go on, and, and God is going to move. And so if God is moving, we need to not ask, what do I want to do? But what is God already doing? How can I get on board with what God's doing? want to get on board with what he's doing. Here's some things from his word if you're wondering what is God doing, what does God care about. Here's some clear, obvious, irrefutable things that God says from his word that he cares about. The first one that God cares about, God cares about his church. In fact, Jesus promised he would build it. Not only that he would build it, but Jesus promised that he would come back for it. He he calls the church his bride. He's coming back one day for his bride. He's not coming back for a religious idea, he's coming back for his church. And I'm not just talking Oasis Church, I'm talking the capital C Church, the the followers of Jesus Christ all over the world. Jesus said, I'm coming back for my church, I'm coming back for my bride. It's the bride of Christ, even by the name given to it, it shows there's affection and love, it's a big deal, for God what does God care about he cares about his church which by the way you can't love Jesus and not love his church that's like popular or today like oh I'm a follower of Jesus but I don't do church yeah you you can't come to my house and say you love me and hate my wife and we be cool yeah it's impossible to do you can't do that what does God care about God cares about his church he cares about his bride the next thing we know God cares about from the scripture and there's a long list I just want to give you a few God cares about lost people God cares about people who do not know him, who are far from him, who have yet to have their eyes open to the good news of the gospel, who have yet to surrender their heart and their life to Jesus. God cares about lost people. Jesus talks in Luke 15. He talks about all the parables. He's saying, hey, the the good shepherd, talking about himself, would leave the 99 sheep that's in safety and go after the one that's lost, go after the one that's in danger. God cares about lost people. You want to know what God's doing, what's on the heart of God? It's people that don't know him. People that are far from him. God cares about lost people. God cares about the hurting. God cares about the oppressed. If, if me and you are going to be kingdom builders, if we're going to build what God is building, we have to be uh, about what is on God's heart, not our heart. Yeah. Me and you don't get to choose what God wants by how we feel. This is also popular today. I feel a certain way, so God has to be about it or God has to jump on my boat because this is how I feel. By the way, we don't get that privilege as followers of Jesus, what we're signing up to do is we're dying to ourselves. What does that mean? Your opinions, your feelings stop at the door, and now we surrender ourselves to what Jesus says and what he wants. I, I don't get to decide what's on God's heart. I get, to, I get to see what's on God's heart from his word, and if I'm a kingdom builder, I build what's on his heart, not on mine. Yeah. What is God doing? Where is God's heart? And a kingdom builder builds what's on his heart. Amen. Number two is this kingdom builders build together. Kingdom builders build together. I love Nehemiah chapter two when Nehemiah gets to the town and he's observing the city. He's observing the rubbish, he's observing the wreckage that is the wall in the city putting together a game plan, and I love that this is not just a spiritual book about the hand of God on Nehemiah, but it's a very practical and strategic book. Nehemiah was a hard worker. This guy was a construction man. This guy, they built a wall. He's assessing the damage, assessing what has to be done, and and he's speaking to the officials and the leaders and the people in the town, and and he's telling them his plan. He's telling them his story, and here's what the scripture says in Nehemiah chapter 2. He says, I told them about the gracious hand of God on me and what the king had said to me and they replied who's they it's all the people in the city it's all the people that would be helping him it's all the people that are available to serve and they replied I love this let us start rebuilding so they began this good work don't you love it when 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 there's there's people you need some friends in your life when you say like hey what about this and they're just like sign me up let's go need some people in your life that are like that. Here's, here's what a kingdom builder is. A kingdom builder is somebody that doesn't just do God's work or do what's on the heart of God, but, but they do it with other people. Yeah. To be a kingdom builder means that we do God's work not in isolation, not by ourselves, but we do God's work together. We do his work together. Nehemiah knew, I cannot do this work alone. This vision, this, this dream... Of mine, this dream of God's for his city, this, this is bigger than me. I cannot do it by myself. If you want to do work for the kingdom of God and it can just be done by you, I'm here to tell you today, you're thinking way too small. If the dream that you have for what you want to do for the kingdom, if it can only be done by you, you're thinking way too small. Because if we're going to build God's kingdom, it's going to require all of us. And if you think you can do it alone, you're either one, way too prodful, or number two, you're, you're, you're just dreaming way too small. Kingdom work has got to be done with other people. It takes the body of Christ. It takes one another. This is the beautiful part about the local church. We're all coming together. We can build with others what we could never build by ourselves. We can accomplish together what we can never accomplish by ourselves. This is true of our faith journey. Me me and you have to make a decision for ourselves to follow Jesus. Your friend can't make a decision for you to follow Jesus. Your parents can't. Your pastor can't. Your grandparents can't. They cannot make a decision for you to follow Jesus. That's one you got to do personally. But after you personally decide to follow Jesus, the journey is walked out alongside others. The journey is walked out in community. The journey is not meant to be walked out in isolation. That's the power of the church, where a spiritual family, a spiritual community coming together to walk this thing out together. I love in deuteronomy there's a passage that says this: "There's a man and he can chase one thousand, so there's." One guy can make a 1,000 people flee, can send a 1,000 people to flight. And then it says, or two people can put 10,000 to flight. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that, that's bad math. One guy can send 10,000 scattering. I'm sorry, can send 1,000. So two guys should be able to send 2,000. But the scripture says, no, one cent, a thousand, two cent, ten thousand. And it says right after that, with the hand of God on them. So here's the thing. With the hand of God on us as followers of Jesus in spiritual community, when we come together, it's not about addition anymore. It's about multiplication. Multiplication. So w- when we come together, it's, there's something supernatural to it. There's something that the world doesn't understand about it. And in, in, when, when people in the world come together, it's addition. But when we come together with the hand of God, it's multiplication. And we can accomplish together what we could never accomplish alone. <laughs> this is why we come together as a church. This is why we have kingdom builders. Because we come together and say we can give and bless our city and bless these ministries and push the kingdom forward together like we could never do by ourselves. Multiplication. Kingdom builders build together. I'm so grateful for people that have said at this church, hey, we're going to show up, we're going to sign up, we're going to be on the serve team, we're going to help build this church here in Richmond, Virginia. Our church exists. We're better because people have signed up and said, hey, we're going to be in this thing, we're going to do it together. I remember a year and a half ago, a year and a half ago when we first started approaching some people in our lives to pitch the idea to them that we're going to plant this new church and it's going to be this time of year in 18 months and we don't know where it's going to be, but it's going to be somewhere that way. <laughs> and uh, the only thing we had for Oasis Church was a pamphlet. you know. So like, what's Oasis Church? What's going on? Check page three, bro. Look at that pamphlet. It looks really good. Like, hey. But I'm thankful there was people that were kingdom builders that said, hey... This this vision you're talking about, this thing that you want to see in the city, you guys can't do it alone. Which, by the way, me and Anna were very well aware we can't do it alone, yeah. nor would we want to try. Yeah. I'm thankful there was people 18 months ago that said, "Start building, man. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get the work going." And and for the last 18 months. Almost every week it seems like there's been people that we've just met through the craziest of circumstances. Like running into you at Starbucks, finding you on Facebook. I didn't even know you. Like like your third cousin's aunt and you had a neighbor that once had a coworker that heard about it. And I, all these people and we just meet them and talk to them. And over the last 18 months it's been like, start building. Like it's... It, it, when you come together, what happens? You, 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 can, you can build. You can do it together. Kingdom builders build together. We can't build in isolation. We can't do this by ourselves. This is why we come together as a church. This is how the church even exists. This is why we offer Next Steps class as a church. It's our way of saying, how has God wired you? What are you passionate about? Now let's on-ramp you to, to get involved in what's going on so we're not doing it together. So we are doing it together. We're not doing it alone. I pray me and you get the spirit of Nehemiah that'll just say and determine, I'm not doing it alone. I'm not doing this alone. Which we live in a culture in our world, by the way, where tons of people are living alone. We've never been around more people and we've never been more lonely. We've never had more friends and been more lonely. We've never been more connected and more isolated. And I'm just praying we get the spirit of Nehemiah that's like, hey, I'm, I'm doing this with the people. I'm just going to commit to it. I'm just going to be your friend. Like, just be that guy that goes up to somebody and he's like, hey, I'm going to be your friend. Like, just do it. And then also be that person when someone does it to you that's like, let's go. Let's go. Let's build. Let's go together. I, I, I pray you get the spirit of Nehemiah that says, I'm, I'm going to commit. I'm not doing this alone. I'm going to gonna. I'm gonna I'm going to get in relationship with people. I'm going to get in their lives. I'm going to let them in my lives, in my, my, my own life. And I'm not going to worry because here's what we do. We say, oh, no, if I get in their life, I'm going to be a burden. Oh, no, if, I, if, if they really know me, they won't really love me. Oh, no, I'm too much. I have to keep a mask on so they'll still accept me. And so here's the thing. The spirit of Nehemiah is like, no, I'm jumping in. I know these people. I, I, I'm, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to do this together. It's better together. You can accomplish more together. I pray that that's what our church is. I pray that that's who we are. As a people, asking for help, asking for community is not a sign of weakness, it's a sign of honesty. It's not a sign of weakness, it's a sign of transparency. Don't act like you need community, you need community. Because we'll do it together. I pray that we as a church would also have the spirit of those officials in Jerusalem that just say, Yeah, let's go. Start building. And then not just say it, they began the good work. Let's do it. I'm with you. And here we go. Three, two, one, let's go. Let's do this thing together. A kingdom builder, they build together. Number three, number three is this. Kingdom builders build and battle. I'm going to explain this once you write it down. Kingdom builders build and battle. In chapter four, when they got to actually working on the wall, they found that there was opposition to the work they were doing. There was physical opposition to the work. When they were building the wall, there was other people from other lands and other cultures that did not want them to do it, and so they're physically, our armies, attacking the work that they're doing on the wall. And here's what the scriptures tell us in chapter 4. It says, from that day on, half of my men did the work. So they were, they were running full speed, everyone's working, but because of the opposition, they had to change their game plan mid midway they're changing the strategy on the fly here's the change only half of my men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears shields bows and armor the officers posted themselves behind all of the people of judah who were building the wall those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. Come on, this is good stuff right here. Come on, somebody. This, this, this ought to be like a movie or something. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. So he's explaining the change that they're making. And Kyle, if you can hand me the hammer here real quick. So we have a group of people that are building the wall. They've, they've got their tools, they've got their equipment, they've got their, their brick and mortar, they've got their materials, and they're building the physical wall around Jerusalem, okay? But as we just read, it became physically dangerous for them to have their backs building the wall because there's an enemy that was coming and trying to kill them. So Nehemiah, he's a great leader. He, he assesses the issue and sees the problem and says, all right, half my men get off the wall. Get off the wall. And uh, Kyle, you can hand me this. He gives him a sword. Now, I was not about to bring a sword to church or in a public school. So I I have a bat that's going to pretend to be our sword. So he says, half of the men get off the wall. Stop working. Here's the sword. Put your hammer down and just stand here defending the builders while they work. All right? So the work has now been cut in half. And not only that. But in addition to the ones that were still working, they aren't building with two hands anymore. They're building with one hand, and they have a weapon in the other hand and a sword by their side. So they're building, and they're loaded. Come on, somebody. Don't mess with them. They're building, and they're loaded. And so their work has been cut in half, and then you could argue with one hand. Now it's been cut in half again. Now they're at 25% capacity and 25% productivity and all these things. And I'm just reading the story, and I'm thinking to myself, and forgive me for sounding unspiritual, I'm thinking to myself, this is highly inefficient. (laughs) Like he ain't hitting those deadlines. He's gonna have to call the contractors. It's not happening, right? He's not, he's not gonna hit him. He had to dramatically slow down their pace and slow down the rate in which they were building, the rate in which they were working. Because now they're not only building, but now they're battling. They're not only physically building which you could say is God's mission. This was God's work. They're not only doing God's work in God's city for God's people, but now they're fighting an enemy while they're doing it. So, so to tie this into today, here's, here's what kingdom builders do. We don't just build God's kingdom. We don't just do God's work in the physical, but at the same time, we battle in the spiritual, and look this is really important it's it's not just about the spiritual or it's it's it's, it's not just the practical I'm just building but it's also about the spiritual and a lot of Christians have this off where they're either all practical where you just go to church, you just say the right thing, you just do the right thing, you just give your tithe, you just you know, feed some people on occasion and, and praise the Lord, hallelujah, and just do your thing. But, but in your heart, you don't really love the Lord, there's been no transformation, there's no spiritual life to you, and you're not fighting the enemy in the spiritual, you're just, you're just busy doing the things of God. Practical. Which, by the way, all those things are good. They're all things that followers of Jesus do. But if we're all practical and no spiritual, we're going to die. Like if you're all about just doing the right things, but there's no spiritual transformation, there's no spiritual battling taking place, you can do it, and I don't know how long you can do it. Maybe you can do it longer than other people, but it's got an expiration date to it, you're going to die. Because you're not battling in the spiritual, you're just going to get sick of this. And the enemy is going to distract you and overtake you and you're, you're going to have an expiration date. On the flip side, we, we can't just be spiritual. Because, you know, there, there are these people. I don't know if you've met them. I've met them. There are people that are all spiritual and not practical at all. You spent 18 hours a day in your prayer closet, but you never shared the gospel with anyone. You, you sang praise and worship music 27 hours a day, but you, you never fed anybody. Like, super spiritual, but not real practical. And here's what I'm trying to tell you to do. Both are good, and it's not one or the other. It's, it's both. We need to build God's kingdom in the physical and battle in the spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it's not just one or the other or both, but it's these two are very tied together. Mm-hmm. And kingdom builders know, hey, it's both. In fact, there's a pattern all throughout the scriptures that the physical is tied with the spiritual. Pastor Jensen Franklin, one of my favorite preachers of all time, he says this, physical obedience leads to spiritual release. Sometimes God will require a physical action if you want spiritual results. Yeah. So, so look, prayer and fasting, like when you fast, you're doing something physical. You're abstaining your body from food. But, but when you do a physical act, there's spiritual breakthrough and spiritual release. Why? Because you're not just not eating. If you fast and you don't seek God and pray, that's not called a fast, that's called starving yourself. It's not just the physical it's the spiritual Here's what a kingdom builder does we We build in the natural. We build practically. How do we do that? We show up. We serve. We love. We give. We smile. We give people a hug. We're there for people. We do the practical work of God. And we battle in the spiritual through prayer, through getting in God's word and renewing our heart and being led by the Holy Spirit and asking God what he's asking us to do. We're, we're, We're not just doing the work in the physical. We're battling in the spiritual. True kingdom builders are doing both. And here's what it's tempting to do in today's world because doing both means that you do this a little slower and we just want to run and do this really fast but nehemiah would say no I, i i'll sacrifice some speed for some safety i'll sacrifice my pace so that we can get this right we're gonna build and we're gonna battle i'm gonna ask the worship team to come back up and help me finish we build in the practical And we battle in the natural. This was the story of Nehemiah. And by the way, this is also the story of Jesus. We talked about last week how the greatest kingdom builder of all is not Oasis Church. The greatest kingdom builder is not Esther. The greatest kingdom builder is not Nehemiah. But the greatest kingdom builder of all time is Jesus himself. In fact, he is the king of the kingdom we're building. He's the one that we're building for. He's... He's the greatest kingdom builder of all time and just like Nehemiah called a burden for his city and he went back to his city. Jesus had a burden for lost humanity and he left heaven. He emptied himself and came to earth to to do what God sent him to do and just like Nehemiah, just like we talked about we're we're doing a physical battle and a spiritual battle, Jesus accomplished on the cross both of these things. Jesus physically died so that we could spiritually live. Jesus physically came. God put on flesh. He lived among us. He died on the cross because the scriptures say without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. There had to be someone, something that paid for the sins of humanity, and Jesus came physically to to die and to pay for our sins so that spiritually me and you might live so that spiritually, a spiritual kingdom, the kingdom of heaven might be born so that 2,000 years later, a group of people in the north side of Richmond, Virginia could gather in an auditorium and come together and say, hey, we're gonna build God's kingdom because Jesus came and he died and he rose again and I wanna be part of building something that's greater than myself. So there's physical things we're gonna do. I'm gonna build. I'm gonna serve. I'm gonna give. Sign me up. Let's build the wall. And there's spiritual things we do. We we pray, we we, we do things that the world doesn't do because we're not just adding, we're multiplying. We're gonna build, we're gonna battle. Would you stand with me all over the room? I wanna pray for us. I want you to bow your head and I want you to close your eyes. I want you to just take a moment to reflect on the word of God this morning, on the story of Nehemiah. I wanna, I wanna ask you, what is... The spirit of God speaking to you right now in what ways can you begin to practically build God's kingdom there's some of you you've been on the sidelines and you've been a spectator maybe today's the day you get off the bench and you get in the game you say sign me up I'm building God's kingdom in the physical I'm gonna do what I need to do I'm gonna I'm gonna build the kingdom of God for some of you you might be doing those things but you're not battling spiritually. You're going through the motions. You're, you're checking off religious boxes, but your heart is not being transformed by Jesus. You're not being led by his spirit, and you need to begin to battle in the spiritual things. You, you, you need to go home and lock yourself in a prayer closet this week, and you need to begin to seek the heart of God and get in his word and ask his spirit to transform your heart and transform your mind because we're not just building, we're battling. By the way, when we build and when we battle together, miracles happen. Because when you battle in the supernatural, supernatural things happen in the natural as you build. What is God speaking to you today? What is the Spirit of God asking you to do today? I ask that you personally and we as a church would respond be kingdom builders here in our city. If you're comfortable would you open your hands up to heaven as a sign of surrender father we as your church this morning we come to you in a sign of surrender to say we want to build your kingdom here as in heaven lord we've looked at esther we've looked at nehemiah and Lord, these are people, these are men, these are women that have ran the race. They've fought the fight. They've kept the faith. They've gone before us. And as the book of Hebrews says, they've, they've gone before us, and now they're cheering us on. And Lord, it's our turn. Lord, I pray that we as a church, we as a people, we as a community, Lord, that we would step up to the plate to realize that we were placed here, we were born, we're here for such a time as this, and we are not here for ourselves. We are not here for things that are temporary. We are not here for things that are passing away. We are not here for things just about us, God, but we are here for things that are eternal. We are here for things that are bigger than ourselves. We are here for things that will leave a legacy long after we're gone. Lord, may we be kingdom builders, here in this city and here in your kingdom. Lord, for those of us that are on the sidelines, God, would your Holy Spirit give us a nudge to get involved today? Lord, help us to build, help us to battle for your kingdom, for your kingdom. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Come on, if you love Jesus this morning, can you give Jesus a hand clap? Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, let's worship him. Thank you, Jesus. It's an honor to build the kingdom of God. It's an honor to build the kingdom of God. As we said at the beginning, today is Kingdom Builders Sunday. And th- this is a practical way, a, a physical, practical way we build the kingdom. We, we, we do it by investing our finances, investing our resources in what God is doing. And so the last few weeks, we've talked about kingdom builders and we've given these out. And so if the host would come down and get ready, to pass the buckets this morning. What we're gonna do is we're gonna pass the buckets and we're gonna give our Kingdom Builders offering. And I'm so excited about this and I already can't wait for next week to be able to report to you guys and share with you guys what we gave as a church and what we're giving away and what God is doing. I'm already so pumped for it. And so my heart is full of expectation as we give. And so when the buckets pass this morning, you can give your Kingdom Builders there and you can do your, your tithes and offerings as normal in there as well. And so as the buckets pass, we're gonna sing and worship one more time before we we close out so hosts you can go past and let's worship here together and respond to God's word come on let's sing it out this morning church well thanks again for tuning in to today's message for more content like this you can subscribe to our podcast channel if it encouraged you we'd even ask that you review it and that you share it with friends that would be so helpful to us thanks again and we'll see you next time